Hello everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Isaac. And you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This podcast is a watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender. We will be discussing each episode in detail and giving our opinions on it. So stick around and be a part of the conversation. Just as a warning, this episode does feature spoilers from Avatar The Last Airbender. This is a teen rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everyone, to the Let's Talk Avatar podcast. I am Isaac. And I'm Rachel. And this week's episode, we will be talking about episodes 5 through 8 of season 2. Now, just a warning, the first episode in this batch of episodes was probably, in my opinion, the worst episode in the Avatar franchise. Um, but the next three are literally my favorite episodes, so... Yeah, so we're going to spend very little time on um, episode five, Which because... Which is called The Avatar Day. Yeah, we just really didn't... We didn't get into it, let's just say that. Yeah. So, speaking of it, we should just... Jump um, in. Yeah, jump into it. So, it's called Avatar Day, and it's essentially a day to celebrate the Avatar, but in this case... Um, the gang ends up arriving at a village that does not celebrate the Avatar. They actually burn floats of them because of what Avatar Kiyoshi did to their village. But it's, again, one of those things in history where it's been so long, nobody really knows. It was tr- misinterpreted. Yeah, misinformation. Nobody knows exactly what happened except for Kiyoshi. So it's basically Aang is like put in a prison until... Sokka and Katara, Kintara, Katara can, I guess, help him um, prove Kiyoshi's innocence. Yeah, prove his case of innocence and yeah, because essentially, essentially, because he's the Avatar and it was a past life that caused the issue because it's Kiyoshi that like killed a leader of theirs. Um, they're putting him in prison for what his past life did, like what he did in his past life. So it's pretty much that and. Here's the thing, Isaac and I are both fans of Kiyoshi, but it take we both agree that it takes away from her backstory, which is what we really want to know about, not like this it's n- not what this little village has going on, you know? Like I would much rather have Kiyoshi's backstory not be in the show, but in a standalone like animated short. Yeah. If it meant that it wasn't part of this episode, that's how bad the episode was. Yeah, it was really hard for us to to get into it. It's just it's it's filler. Yeah. It's filler. It's filler. Let's be honest. We'll just leave it at that. Let's move yeah. on to the next one because on. <laughs> even talking about it, I'm like, ugh. But I will say one thing that we did learn was that Kiyoshi actually separated half of the village into the ocean. And that part, of, that, part that she separated is actually known as Kiyoshi Island, which is where the Kiyoshi Warriors are. So on to episode... Um, the next episode that we watched, which is called The Blind Bandit. And I have been waiting for this episode. I knew it was coming. Um, this is basically an introduction to Toph into the Avatar gang. Yes. So this is an introduction into uh, us. Toph. Yes, and into us meeting Toph. And um, you get to see her skills, like what she can do as an earthbender, which if anyone has ever watched Avatar knows how amazing Toph is. 
But the episode is pretty much, I mean, what the whole season's been about so far. Them trying to find an earthbending teacher or master. And they end up hearing these kids talk about Earth Rumble 6, which is a tournament. And can I just say, I, I'm i a fan of tournament episodes in, um, in animation or shows in general. But I feel like a lot of times they don't really do it right. There's not really any payoff. But with this episode there actually was payoff because Toph it, we, you actually find out Toph is a competitor in Earth Rumble 6 mm-hmm. and the animation is like obviously bumped up a notch in the storyboarding because it's an introduction to Toph and she's going to be a part of it for the rest of the time um, but yeah they end up going to this Earth Rumble 6 competition tournament thing and find out that Toph is this the little girl blind bandit the blind to bandit. be exact who uh, ends up literally wiping out everyone. Mm-hmm. A 12-year-old girl. And then they're like, okay, we will give someone this sack of gold, whoever can um, beat her in the audience. Keep in mind, though, before this happened, um, they're there just w- watching Earthbenders, you know, potentially seeing if there's someone that could teach them uh, or teach Aang. And Aang sees, as soon as he sees uh, Toph, he looks at her and he's like, why does she look familiar? And then it clicks in his head that that was the girl he was chasing in the swamp. That's right. Yeah. So then he's like, that's her. That's the girl that needs to train me. So then when they offer the money to whoever wants to fight, he goes. And uh, he's not an earthbender, so... But he's wa- he's watched her fight a few people um, at this point and he knows that she feels for them. Yeah, she so, can sense... Their um, every movement. So he kind of floats above so that she she can't hear where he's at. And she ends up, or he ends up actually pushing her off with air. And um, with this tournament, whoever is pushed off first is the winner. Mm-hmm. So he ends up winning Earth Rumble 6. And obviously Toph is pissed because she's won pretty much every year before that. Mm-hmm. And she knows that she's good. And rightfully so. I mean, he used airbending. Yeah, she knows that he probably used something other Mm -hmm. than Earth. So, yeah, that's where it starts off. And then um, they end up finding her because of the Beifong's lineage and how their sign is um, like a flying boar. And I guess the Beifong family is one of like the rich richer families in the earth kingdom that's mm-hmm. why they're very known but no one knows that they have a daughter yeah because she is blind so her parents have always treated her as though she can't do anything which makes sense i mean you have a blind daughter you wouldn't think and she keeps her whole life secret from her parents because she doesn't want them to get upset at her you know because they look at her as like this little innocent child that really can't do anything for herself when in reality, she's everything but that. I just think they were naive to her being blind, you know? Yeah, I think they were because doing what what they thought was best. And obviously, I mean, most parents would react that way, trying to keep their daughter safe. And especially when it's their family, like a very rich, wealthy family. True. You know, wanting to keep their... Lineage. Yeah, their lineage and their daughter safe. So it, made, it makes sense, but... Um, her parents end up figuring out that she can earthbend and that she's the greatest earthbender so far. Which, this is so, it's so, it's such a, like a conspiracy. Um, the reason why she, they figure out she has to earthbend is because all of the competitors in Earth Rumble 6 come together and are like, okay, that kid couldn't have beaten her. I didn't see him earthbend. So mm-hmm. they think that Toph and They're him, like in cahoots to get yeah, the money. to get the money and split it. 
and uh, which is obviously not the case. Um, so they the competitors actually come after them, and that's how Aang and Toph get taken. And then mm-hmm. Katara is always the one to get, like, the family involved. And then, like, oh, we need to come save them. So that's how they get there. Yeah, they end up getting... Aang, Aang is visiting with Toph's family and Toph. And um, this is where you find out that her parents really don't know anything about her life. Um, and then Toph and Aang are having uh, their own moment talking about stuff, you know. And Toph's opening up saying, like, my parents don't know about my life and I'm not helpless and I just want to fight, you know, and, and do something. And then they end up getting captured. And um, so Toph's father comes, shows up with the money. They let Toph go, but then they're like, oh, we could get so much money for the Avatar. So um, Zuko and Katara are like, well, we're going to get him. And Zuko? Zuko. <laughs> Sokka. Sokka. Oh, my gosh. Sokka and Katara are like, well, we're going to save Aang. And Aang's like, no, I can handle it. Just go. So they leave. Go get Toph. Toph comes back and fights every single one of them. And then Toph, and not Toph, um, Katara and Sokka are able to get Aang out of the, like, metal box he's in. And um, so that's how Toph's parents, while they're, well, her dad is there watching, and her master, like, earthbending master, are watching her fight. And they're like in awe of how amazing she is. This episode and um, the last episode we watched in this batch, they're really hard to explain without explaining every little detail because there's a lot of action. Yeah. Um, So just bear with us. We're not meaning to like overload you guys with information, but like Isaac said, it's really hard to describe to you guys what's going on without including these details. And there are also details that are super important to the plot as well. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we would just skip over and be like, oh, she was a good bender, you know? Hence the reason we skipped over Avatar Day. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but in the end of the episode, Aang's like, hey, I want you to teach me. And she wants to teach him, but her parents say no. Um, so then she starts crying and Aang, Katara, and Sokka leave. And they're getting on Appa to leave and then all of a sudden Toph shows up and she's like, oh, my dad changed his mind. He said I can go with you guys. And they're like, okay. And me and yeah. Isaac are looking at you like, yeah, your dad just happened to change his mind all of a sudden. But Either anyway. Either you like fut them up somehow or you were just like, I'm going to go regardless of what you guys yeah. say. Yeah. So she ends up going with them. And then at the very end of the episode, you see her dad talking to one of the people she um, faced in the arena. And then her earth bending master and he's giving them money and he's pretty much saying do everything you can to bring her back you know yeah. or like to go after them so at this point we already know that zuko still he's he's off track but he still wants to get the avatar azula and her people are after the avatar and now did these two about- earthbenders are now after the avatar yeah did we talk about um iroh and zuko storyline this episode oh no it's it's very limited it's very limited but it's um pretty much zuko as the blue spirit um stealing mm-hmm. like stealing from everyone he can stealing tons of gold Food, um, whatever he can. Yeah, from even, like, it looks like political diplomats, like some higher-up people. And Iroh notices, and he's like, we don't really need... All we need to do is get by right now. We don't need all of these luxuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way that Zuko, I feel like, knows how to show affection. Mm-hmm. Because he's been so traumatized, which we'll get into in the next episode. Yeah, and he also decides that it's time for him to... Um, go on his own yeah and he tells Iroh like I need to go Iroh obviously knows that and lets him go and so from this point on um Zuko is by himself for the time being 
And that's pretty much what happens in that episode. We get an introduction to Toph finally, and then you get to see more of um, Zuko's kind of what he has going on, but it's not very detailed. Yeah. So, 10 out of 10 episode. It is what we needed after Avatar Day. Yes, oh for my sure. God. Um, <laughs> not to drag this whole episode down, but going on to the next one. It's called Zuko Alone. Just another banger of an Zuko episode. Zuko Alone, which um, hint to anyone that has listened to our other podcast, Lifecast, we have an episode called Rachel Alone, where it's just me and talking we, alone. And Rachel actually promoted it to Twitter with the... Um, Zuko Alone. Um, like thumbnail, I guess, mm-hmm. where he's like walking. And I was told Isaac, I'm like, wow, I foreshadowed our Avatar podcast without even knowing that we would have an Avatar podcast at that time. Yeah. Um, this episode, though, is, like it says, it's you get to see Zuko alone and what he has going on on his side, while still us getting an insight and a little more of a peek into what the gang's doing. Um, but Zuko ends up meeting this, uh, or going to this town to get food, because he's obviously starving, hungry, he's been alone, and he is going to buy two bags of feed, and these kids... Um, throw eggs at these soldiers across the way and run off. And so the soldiers turn around and they're like, they think it's Zuko that did it. And Zuko's like, it wasn't me. And they're like, well, who was it? And he's like, I don't know. Obviously knowing it was the kids, he didn't want to get him in trouble. And um, they end up, they're soldiers and they end up taking Zuko's bags of feed. So he's still left with nothing. After that happens, which keep in mind, me and Isaac knows this, instead of fighting them, he walks away, which right there is a, a big jump for Zuko. It's because showing how um, matured he's gotten just in that speech from Iroh. Yeah. Um, but he ends up meeting this boy named Lee, and he says, you know, thanks so much for not writing me out. Do you want to come to my house? I can give you food, pretty much. So he goes to this boy's house, uh, meets his family, and gets to know this little boy who ends up stealing his sword in the night and practicing, like, sword fighting. And then Zuko's like, that's not how you do it. Let me teach you. So he starts to, like, create a connection with this young boy and their family. And they end up being told, um, what is it that they get told? Is it their son has been um, captured? Or yeah, something? their, his their older... oldest son has been captured by the Fire Nation and is actually going to be put on the front lines in the next battle, even though he doesn't know how to firebend. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine their son's probably going to die in that battle. Yeah. So, so it's like frantic. a torturing. Yeah. But at the same time, all of these moments are going on. It's like cutting into flashbacks of Zuko's childhood. Mm-hmm. And you actually really learn why Zuko and Azula are the way they are. Big time. This is one of those moments where you see their mom and... Um, and for those that don't know, their mom isn't present in their lives right now. She's not there. And this explains why. And throughout, you can tell she's obviously she's obviously closer to Zuko than she is Azula. Azula is just like psychopath. Like literally has no feelings for anyone, I feel like. Not even her own mother. Yeah. And um, Zuko, obviously, his mom is his comfort. And you see in a flashback that she goes to him and says like always be truly who you are and you'll be fine kind of thing and then she leaves and you see her leave and you don't see her again that's all you ha- you hear from about her until um unless you guys read the comics after that take place after the show you'll you can you'll get more detail on her but in the story you only ever see flashbacks and so at this point we know that she left them 
And I told Isaac, I'm like, man, it, it makes you realize why Zuko fights for his dad's um, affection or acceptance so much because in his eyes, think about it, at, at a young age, your mom leaves, you probably think something's wrong with you or that she didn't want you because she left, which in reality, the mom probably was like, I need to leave, but I can't take my kids with me because I'll put them in harm and they're safer here than they are with me. Which, understandable, you know, and I'm sure there's stuff going on in the background, too, between her and their dad that we don't see, you know? I guess it just shows a different um, a different aspect of affection from her, because if it were me, I would have taken Zuko and been like, um, like, they are not safe here, it's going to cause them mm-hmm. trauma, especially Zuko, it doesn't cause... Azula anything because she's already a psychopath. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just leave Azula. We don't really care. But, like, I would have taken Zuko a long time ago, even if it meant that she gets captured. You know, like, you get captured. Yeah. I don't know. I think there, there, there'll there be more. I don't remember in the comics. It's been so long since I read it, all the details, but I'm sure we'll, we'll th- get to see more. I think they unravel more throughout the series when it comes to his mom. But I do think the mom has had a lot of time to think about this think this over so it's probably her smartest bet to just go by herself yeah um but you you get to see why Zuko is the way that he is and I mean being that his mom left it makes sense that he would fight for his dad's affection then you know and you would understand like why he would be upset at his mom because it's like that was my comfort and now she's gone which explains a lot about Zuko's character and honestly if you think about it, the reason Zuko is the way that he is is probably because of all the anger and hurt he has from situations he's had growing up, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at his life. His mom leaves him, then his dad, like, bans him after hurt, like, almost killing him. Which, foreshadowing to the next episode we're going to talk about, you see that a lot at the end, but anyway. um, <laughs> Yes. So, in this episode, um, after he's had multiple flashbacks... He ends up helping this family um, get their son, and um, the little son, Lee, ends up seeing Zuko firebend. Well, first of all, Zuko is trying his hardest not to firebend because he knows what He knows happen. that their family's been greatly affected by the Fire Nation. And he knows that they will hate him because they're... I mean, you're in a war, a hundred-year war. You're going to hate the other side. Mm-hmm. It's been a hundred years, you know? That's, like, deep-rooted at well, that Well, and when point. it's affected you personally. Yeah. Um, even if they knew Zuko's intentions and knew that he was helping them. Mm-hmm. But um, Zuko has no choice but to firebend because this earthbender is coming after him, throwing all these rocks, and it's actually affecting Zuko. Yeah. And, like, he's getting beaten up. So he decides to firebend. He ends up, obviously, beating the earthbender and saving... Um, Lee, the Lee. little boy. But then Lee is like, I hate you. Mm-hmm. And Zuko just has to walk away. And as he's walking away, the whole family's like scowling at him. And it's just sad to see because you've seen not only Zuko's backstory, which is super sad, one of the saddest stories in the show, but now you're seeing present day Zuko and what he's having to go through. It's just like, this is what he gets for being nice type of thing, but I think was going through his head. I think this is a moment that he realizes what the fire nation has done to these people he needed to have that moment and that rejection to realize hmm maybe what my dad's doing and what we've been doing to people isn't the right thing exactly and so the conflict that he has with himself throughout the entire series the good and evil he's starting to realize what's evil and what's good now 
especially being on his own and having to depend on other people, he's he's really realizing that he may not, everything he's been fighting for so far may have not been what's been right, you know? On to the last episode um, in this batch that we watched. It's called The Chase. And this episode is pretty much a conclusion to Azula's chase after the Avatar. Not a conclusion, but like the first um, confrontation where she realizes it's going to take a lot more than just her and her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, or a lot more strategy to it. But it starts out with the gang on Appa, and they're trying to find a place to sleep, and they can't... They, they find a place, and then Katara has her whole moment where she's, like, pissed at Toph because... For good reason. For good I mean, reason, but... Uh, no. Here's the thing. As a mom now, and as someone who has babysat many, many kids... This is one of those situations where Katara is trying... She's obviously the mom of the group. We've already established that. We know that. Toph, now new in the group, is not used to having siblings, first of all. And is not used to being told, uh, I guess, like, told what to do by other people her age. You know, around her age. And we have Katara here that's like, hey, now that you're part of this group, you need to help us. And Toph's like... No, I'm helping myself. You guys take care of it yourself, you know? I'm not saying what Toph did was right, but um, like you said, it's the fir- these are her literally her first friends she's ever had. Mm-hmm. So obviously she's not going to know how to be a good friend right off the bat. But I just think Toph and everyone around her already knows that she can help herself. So someone telling her to do stuff is kind of like pointless to her in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's understanding from both sides, Katara and Toph's side. But th- while they're dealing with that, they realize there's like this steam train thing after them. And this is actually why it's called the chase. It's Azula and May and Tylee after them. So they end up having to get up, go find another place. They think they're safe. They can only sleep for like maybe a minute. And then here comes that steam train again. <laughs> And then it happens one more time, and they're finally like, okay, we're just going to have to fly the rest of the night and see where it takes us. So they're running on no sleep while introducing a new person to their group that doesn't always see eye to eye with them. And so, as you can imagine, they're pretty drained physically, mentally, all the way around. They're like almost just as psycho as Azula right now. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) So they land, and it's daytime like the sun is literally rising and they have their whole moment where with Toph they all have something to say and then it finally sets Toph off when Aang is like Appa was doing just fine carrying all of us and then he we added you to the group and then it's just like Rachel said they've been drained and all this stuff it was just not good so then Toph actually leaves wherever she went she just goes into the mountains and Aang is kind of like crap I lost my earthbending teacher like she's the one in the vision that I needed mm-hmm. um, and then they realize Appa's shedding and that's how the Azula's been able to track them so Aang actually grabs a lot of the like sheddings and puts them all over but then Azula actually meets at the area where he like le- I think he purposely tracks them into this abandoned village knowing that Azula's tracking him. So he's on his own with like um Appa's fur to get her off of the trail of Sokka and Katara who's um looking for Toth and trying to um 
get like get away from everyone. But based on context clues, Azula is the only smart one in her group apparently because May and Tylee are like, oh, it's over there, pointing where Avatar left his trail, or Aang left his trail, and Azula's like, no, I'll go this way. You guys go that way because she knew. Um, so all that's happening. Katara and Sokka are being chased by May and Tylee. They have their whole moment. They end up um, fighting them. And then it cuts to Azula, and she actually tries to fight Aang in that abandoned village. But while all this is going on, um, Toph has actually met up with Iroh, who has been tracking Zuko. Zuko doesn't know that. So um, Toph and Iroh have their moment where they have some tea, and they kind of, um, they have a really deep heart-to-heart moment with with their two strangers on their own um trying to help people that they care about you know and um they end up sharing their own I guess like insecurities in a way like Toph is sharing about how she's always treated like she can't do anything or that she um isn't capable of doing things because of her disability and then Iroh sharing how much uh he cares for Zuko and wants to keep him protected pretty much you know and so they're together. The Zuko's by himself. Tylee and May are chasing after um, Katara and Sokka. And then, like Isaac said, um, Azula and Aang are in this abandoned village now fighting. Because Aang's kind of come to the conclusion, like, who are you? Because he still doesn't even know who she is. He's like, who are you? What do you want? Like, I'm tired. Literally tired you know yeah but then she's like oh you don't see the resemblance and then she brings up zuko and she makes this really funny joke where she covers her eye and she's like i need to restore my honor by catching the avatar yeah um and then zuko pops out of nowhere and he's like yeah like trying to fight her so zuko shows up um becomes a huge battle over the avatar obviously they're they're both still trying to catch the avatar for their dad um and then, while this is happening, it um, Katara and Sokka show up and help in the fight. And then Toph shows up. So, you have all these people after, pretty much, they aim it towards Azula. Because she's the, the most, most powerful. powerful. And then, Azula's like, oh, you caught me doing, like, her manipu- manipulation. And then she, like gets her hand out and like shoots a fireball towards Iroh and it ends up burning his chest. And at that moment, they all just fire at her and she just does this like firewall around herself and it blows up in their face and she disappears. And then Zuko is on the floor like almost crying because he doesn't know if Iroh's alive or not from that blast. And then Katara tries to walk up and console him and be like, oh, we can help you. She's and, like, I can heal him. Yeah. And then he looks away and he's like, like get away from me and then like sets a a blaze to the city Mm -hmm. and like you were saying in Zuko alone he acts out of anger because of these traumatic experiences and I think it's mainly because of Azula just like in this episode you see the way she's manipulated him since they were young and think about it Iroh's the only person in his family that truly does care for him at this point that he has that wants the best for him and um so yeah that's where the episode ends is them well, didn't you see, uh, Katara's having, like, a dream. Yeah, it ends with them finally getting some sleep for once. And the camera kind of zooms in on Katara. And she looks very troubled. Like, she knows something's just off there. I think she's troubled that she wasn't able to help Zuko because of his anger. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's definitely Katara. She just wants to help everyone like Toph. Mm-hmm. But that's where we ended. We are on the next episode. We are going to start with episode nine. So yep. season two. Um, yeah. So like we said, the the first episode not not a favorite. First episode trash, but the next three jam some of the best jam packed, yes. plot heavy. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let um, us know. Sorry oh. again for the for the like uh information dump. Yeah. Because we really have no choice but to go into detail. Yeah, there's just so much that happened in these episodes. But we need to say real quick, who is your favorite character? Um, as of right now, ooh, I don't know. Probably Katara. Still. Still, probably still Katara. Fair. Um, mine right now is Zuko. Because I know he's going through a lot and we've all been there. And we know that it is... Zuko is... I know he's going to be my favorite at some point, but as of right now, it's still Katara. But Zuko's definitely, like, growing. I mean, he's been growing since the beginning, but right now is, like, the key the key time of his maturity, you know? Yeah. Or and, maturing. And what we learned from Korra, at your lowest point, you were open to the greatest change. Dude. Which I think is the biggest theme in Avatar. I want to get that Avatar. tattooed on me. The biggest theme in Avatar is to persevere, and that is... All of what Zuko is about. He is just one big ball of perseverance. Yeah. But anyways, we will see you next week. I am Isaac. I'm Rachel. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Let's Talk Avatar. I'm Isaac. And I'm Rachel. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com. On Instagram under nonessentialmedia. On Twitter at nonessentialm. And on Facebook by searching nonessentialmedia. Join us next week for another episode of Let's Talk Avatar. We We love love the Unagi. Unagi.